paid 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod. Yo, 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 we are back. Episode 27, back at it. And this time, there's two of us. We're back at it again. But I also wanted to say shout out to Fabian. Shout out to Fabian for holding it down for the pod last week. Did it by himself. I listened to it, man. You Did you? I got to ask you, man. Have you been like watching CNN quite often? No, I actually never watched the news. Why? You never watch the news? I feel like you have a, a solid career ahead of you if you choose to become like a news broadcaster. You know, like that person who reads the evening news. Yeah, like, like the like reads off the teleprompter. Yeah, exactly, man. Like, like you, you sounded like you just went through that news like it was nothing. Like you've been doing it your whole life, man. It was. <laughs> I it was mean, solid. you know, I've been I've been kind of doing it with you for the last uh, year, so uh, I guess I had good practice. But you know, obviously, super happy you're back because you know, like I said, it was okay doing it on my own, but I much prefer doing it uh, in the dynamic duo, JD and and Fobs, um, the the dream team. So uh, welcome back. I, I hope you're feeling better. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for holding it down for us and for the pod. And yeah, I'm feeling better. Thankfully, of course, uh, if you guys didn't already know, I did unfortunately contract COVID. So uh, it, yeah, I got firsthand experience. I tried to dodge it. I honestly thought I would be able to go through the whole pandemic without catching it. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, ended up getting it. And uh, it's a bit overhyped, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> like, we spend a lot of time being worried about it. And then, yeah, like that first day is absolutely terrible. And that was the day we were supposed to record. So I just I just couldn't even get out of bed for like the first two days. Um, so, yeah, it was it was really bad. But after that, it's just like a normal cold, man. It's just like you, you cough a little bit. You get like boogers in your nose. <laughs> And that's about it. It's just, it's super chill, man. The first two days are terrible, but then it's chill. And now I'm glad I have like natural immunity to it. So that's good. Yeah, on top of, on top of your, uh, your vaccinations. But um, yeah, I mean, great to hear that you're feeling better. And uh, you obviously took advantage of the post COVID uh, time and you, you were in London on the weekend, right? Like what, what yeah, did you get yeah. up to there? Yeah, I did. Uh, so, well, of course I tested negative first before going, before I get canceled on <laughs> of here. Course, of course. Uh, so, so yeah, I did actually go to London this past weekend and it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, for one of the reasons why it was pretty cool was because I almost felt like I traveled back in time. Because it was kind of like London, basically, it, it was kind of like COVID didn't exist over there because they basically stopped all the mask requirements and any kind of COVID requirement was like, it was not an obligation. Like you could wear a mask if you want to, you could uh, quarantine, even if you were positive, you can technically like go outside over there. So there was like no, basically absolutely no restrictions there. And it, it felt super weird, like walking into like a supermarket and or like anywhere like a, a shop or whatever and like nobody saying put on your mask like it, it was and going on to the the public transport not wearing masks like that was that was pretty cool like i haven't felt that in like a few years so it was uh it felt like going back in time a little bit were uh, there people wearing masks though like i don't know how it is in london i'm, I'm assuming that 
maybe there's some people that are still ultra careful even if they don't have yeah there were there were still people wearing it like on the apparently like it's highly encouraged to wear the mask on public transport over there but from what i observed i would say only like maybe 30 percent of the people were wearing masks like most people were just not uh, i guess people were just kind of tired of the whole thing um but yeah i mean it, it was cool man of course london i love london uh, i watched the super bowl uh while i was there uh shout out to cincinnati bengals that's my that's uh you guys don't know much about my fanhood when it comes to the cincinnati bengals but i've basically been like a big time bengals fan for like 15 years now um since i was like yeah since i was very young i was supporting the team and i've never seen them make make even like afc championship game or anything like that like they've and they made it to the super bowl last year they only had four wins this year they made it to the super bowl shout out joe uh, burrow aka joe shiesty uh yeah man he came so close so close to bringing it home uh it was really tough to watch them lose but uh team did a great job team did a good job I mean, it's, it's such a random team to support, right? I mean, I think you said in a previous episode that I think you support them because of Chad Ochocinco, right? And, yeah, uh, I was uh, th- like Chad Ochocinco was like the guy who got me into uh, football, right? So I started, I, I, I became the fan of the team back then. And also, I really, I really like their uniforms. Like, I love their tiger stripe uniforms. And that was also one kind of what like draw, drew me into the team. And then I just kind of became obsessed with them. I, I, I had like, five or six different jerseys growing up uh, of the Bengals. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool to see them in the in the Super Bowl. But, yeah, yeah, tough, tough loss. Uh, but we'll, we'll get them next year. We'll get them next year. I, I have a good feeling. They just need a better offensive line. And, and next year, they can win it all. I was, I was reading, like, I, you know, I haven't kept up with uh, any of that stuff since I left the U.S. But, um, you know, it was kind of like the Rams were that superstar team built with like big, expensive players kind of in important positions. And the Bengals were built much more organically, like through the draft and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Because also like, I don't know who, who, who goes to Cincinnati, right? Like oh of the God. big, of the big free agents. Like if, yeah. if you have the choice, you're obviously going to like a big market or something like that. Um, but because they've built it organically or somewhat organically that they're set up better for the future. Right. So that if one of the two teams were to make it to the Super Bowl again, uh, next year, it, the more likely team is the Bengals from what I think. So I think so. Definitely. They have a solid core in place. Uh, but you know, what was funny, like the amount of people you, you, first of all, you know, like no other event during the year has more money riding on it than the Super Bowl. the amount of bets that are into that game. Right. And, there were so many people that lost so much money because of that missed uh that missed uh a point after you oh, know the like field the, goal, yeah like no, the, no, the, they went for the two points right and then yeah well out. yeah yeah like uh the rams had a touchdown and then uh they they messed up the point after uh so basically they only ended up winning the game by three points instead of four and the vegas odds for that game were rams by four so a lot of people had so much money on the Rams, including Drake. Drake had $2 million on the Rams to win. Damn. They did win, but they only won by three. So yeah, a lot of people lost money because of that one missed kick. So that, that's crazy, man. Crazy. That's, that's an insane amount of money to be putting on any game. Um, but yeah, I but guess, Drake, you know, man. 
Drake has a lot of it. So I mean, have you seen his house? It's fucking ugly, but it's it's expensive. That's for sure. I've I've seen I've stood out I've stood literally outside his house because <laughs> like if you go to Toronto, you can actually on Google Maps Google Drake's house and like like you can just drive there and and i actually drove there <laughs> <laughs> i think i've I've read somewhere like i heard that it's become a tourist destination as well like yeah. a lot of people are doing that oh yeah is, it, it's crazy yeah it's there were so fun. many people driving by like uh, i wasn't the only one but uh speaking of crazy things uh and you know big people in an industry kanye west has been going crazy on instagram as well. oh my beefing. god or it's what not even a going beef, on? right? like because like to beef i think it needs to be both sides right and uh i think pete davidson's not beefing with kanye i think it's just all kanye pretty much embarrassing himself like what was it like a couple days ago or on sunday even he was like yo i'm taking kid cuddy off don to two like that dude's disloyal whatever i mean come on man what like what, what are your thoughts on that dude i can't honestly man i've been a, a big time kanye defender like my whole life i'm i'm like team kanye all the way right and i'm having it's been hard man it's been hard watching him this past week because like i really can't defend the guy anymore uh it's first the the first thing that i thought was really ridiculous was that whole billy eilish thing oh Uh, that was so dumb too i mean yeah he's just picking fights with everyone now it's you know what's the funny the funniest thing about his instagram page right now you know how like it seems like every day now he keeps deleting his posts yeah so so like every day it's like a whole new storyline with like five or six posts about that story and then he'll delete it all and like the next day do like a completely different story i mean maybe maybe that's the point like he's not an idiot right i think he's doing a lot of this on purpose too but at the same time if he wants if he really does want kim kardashian back which like bro there's better ways to go about winning back your ex you know but does he really think that dissing her current boyfriend who's not really done anything wrong and, you know, say what you want about him seems like an okay dude. Like, do you really think that's going to work? I don't know. This isn't middle school or high school where you can like diss someone and get like props for it. Yeah. You know, it was funny, like uh, Kanye's girl, Julia Fox, right? Like I was, I was thinking like, hold on, like, like what does she think of this? Like, She's sitting there while her man is like on Instagram, basically begging for his wife back. <laughs> and she's just like chilling there, like watching this whole thing. Like, like she has no thoughts about this. Like, I, I just thought I mean, they broke up, right? I don't know if you saw that. They like they broke up. So it's like ended. And I think that just shows that it never was a real thing anyway. Oh, uh, you she could was tell using it was him. Right. Course. I mean, she was using him or like he was like, yo, like date me for like three weeks and i'll make you super famous and you definitely me in the news or whatever and make kim kardashian jealous i don't know um absolutely i mean absolutely ridiculous the whole story I'm, I'm wondering what our readers i mean not our readers our listeners think about this and whether this is like the you know the straw that broke the camel's back for you in in, in terms of protecting kanye because for me like i appreciate his designs you know some of his music still and I can separate kind of the art from the artist. But with this, I'm just like, man, there's no way just looking at this situation to defend him because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, man. And it, was, it was funny because didn't he say he was going to not touch his phone until the album dropped? And he's been doing exactly the opposite. I mean, maybe he's doing everything like dictating stuff to his personal assistant. Maybe he technically hasn't touched his phone. 
Yeah, I know. But you know what? Knowing Kanye, though, like the fact that he has his album dropping in a couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing is just a big publicity thing just to like get more listeners on his album, just to like put more eyes on his upcoming Yeezys. You know, like it's Kanye, man. He's 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 so good at doing this of getting everyone to talk about him that like I kind of feel like it's just all a big publicity thing. Oh, dude, hundred percent. I mean, uh, that's that's Kanye's mo, right? That that's what he does. Um, but yeah, I, I guess enough about Kanye. I know you wanted to talk quickly about the Union Dunk release. Did you did you get those in the end? No, no. So so the Union Dunks were released. They released uh, nine a.m. Pacific time on Friday, so the eleventh of February. Nine a.m. Pacific time was six p.m. Berlin time, and my flight was at 6:20. So I was literally like on the plane. Uh like I was boarding the plane as it happened and I tried to cop and I was super fast. Like as soon as it hit 6, I I I I tried to cop and and I answered the question. The question was uh what what is the color of a yellow taxi cab? So it was super easy, right? And and I answered the question and I did that super fast and then the website just crashed on me. And like I, re- I tried refreshing, it crashed. And then I, it sent me back to the question. And then I had to answer the question again. And next thing I know, it said I was in the queue. Uh, I had to wait 25 minutes and then it would be my turn. And it sold out apparently in like the first two minutes. And from what I saw just uh, in my sneaker Discord groups, uh, the release was completely eaten by bots. Specifically, uh, there's like a bot called the Rat Bot. Uh, this particular bot pretty much took 90% of the stock. So um yeah, unfortunately like it can answer a question or what? Yeah, like so apparently this bot can not only answer the question, it can also solve uh, the H captcha, you know, the oh. captcha where you have to like draw a square around an object, like it could apparently do that too. So it pretty much ate up all of the stock and yeah, people were pretty upset. Um it was yeah i mean it's it, it was a terrible release man terrible terrible release uh bots took everything and i don't know if this particular colorway is going to re-release the pistachio colorway that was the best one i thought out of the out of the three um yeah so d- very very disappointing release um yeah I, i hope i hope union just cancels all of the orders and just like re-releases it because that was pretty sad that was a pretty shitty release yeah i think i mean who knows i mean some some retailers some uh, some brands will do it but it's also a lot of effort on their part right because they have to put everything back online they have to go through all of the the release mechanisms and if they're not going to update anything then the same is going to happen again and again and again right so it it costs time it costs money and in the end i think a lot of retailers are just happy that it's sold out and they can be done with the release you know yeah Yeah, I mean, but what whatever. I mean, I I didn't even really think it was that great of a sneaker to begin with to be honest. Like it's I don't really like the netting on it. Although like we found out now that you can actually remove that netting and it's supposed to have some nice smooth leather underneath. But I mean, it's a bit it's a bit overhyped for me. Maybe I'm just over the dunks at this point, but yeah, it's it's it was I I wasn't too hurt about missing out on it. Yeah, I feel you. I I mean, I totally missed that release as well. um but also it wouldn't have been a release that i would have wanted to buy you know what what i mean if i had been like in tune with it because like you i i didn't really like the materials and even if like you can remove the top and there's leather underneath 
I don't know. It's there, There's been enough of those kind of sneakers that I don't really need another one of those in my rotation. Yeah, I feel you. So, so before we move on to uh, latest pickups, uh, I think we should tell the audience about some big news, man. Some big news in, in your life. Uh, Want to announce, first of all, to all of the female listeners on this, uh, on this show, our man Fobbs is officially off the market. Like he is no longer a bachelor. Uh, some big news happened. Tell the people. Yeah, I, uh, I got engaged. I um, got down on one knee, you know, obviously made sure I wasn't creasing my Jordans. Um, yeah, that's what the people want to know. People want to know what sneaker were you wearing when you went down on one knee? I, w- I wasn't wearing any because I did it at home. So actually, I, I forget if I was wearing socks or not at all. But um, I obviously made sure not to. I thought about it for a second. I was like, even if I do it at home, like, should I put on? uh a you know like a special pair of shoes or like break out the ones that i wanted to undead stock for a while and then i was like nah you know to be honest that's pretty corny like um it's more about the moment more about myself uh, and and my fiance and uh and it feels weird saying that so i think i'm just gonna keep saying partner but um yeah, I uh, I got engaged a couple weeks ago, and um, I'm super super happy. Uh, looking forward to uh, the drama and stress of planning a wedding whenever it's next possible. I think we're gonna wait a while uh, when you know Corona kind of dies down. Um, so like yeah, next, that, that's next my, year maybe. Yeah, next year, maybe the year after, depending. But like, yeah, something like that. Um, I think when there's more time and we have time to like, you know, budget for it and all that kind of stuff, because obviously weddings, depending on how many people you invite, can uh, become quite expensive. I've heard from some of my friends who got married recently. Um, a lot of them are like, "Don't do what I did, man. Don't, uh, don't, don't do a big wedding. It's not worth the money." <laughs> um, so uh we'll we'll see but um i think it was really nice and obviously she said yes right so um i yeah i'm, I'm super happy so that was my big actually my big pickup was copping myself a wifey you copped yourself a wife you can get a bigger pickup than that man so yeah big big time congratulations man big it's been a big uh big year for you man new uh new job new uh, apartment new wife yeah, uh, it's a uh, it's a lot of things are falling into place at the moment. I think 2022. I know a lot of people say like, "Oh, this year's gonna be my year," but it. I think it's already been my year. You know, yeah. like it, it. So much shit can happen in the next ten months, and I'll still say, you know what, 2022 overall was a good year for me. <laughs> oh yeah, it uh, it can't be more your year. It's 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 been uh, it's been a big year for you, man. Congrats for sure. Thank you. What about yeah. you? You pick up anything? Yeah, actually, I did. I I picked up uh, quite a few, uh, but I think I'll probably save some for the next pod because, like, I feel like there's just too many to uh, to, to talk about all in this one pod. But uh, first of all, uh, I picked up a pair of Vans. I told you guys this is gonna be the year that I, uh, you know, stop just buying Jordans and Adidas. So I got myself the Notra collab with Vans. Um, I've been meaning to get this pair for like a few years now. Uh, they already released a collab just on the same silhouette a couple of years ago. And I kept seeing pictures of that shoe, especially on like Hidden New York. Uh, and I just thought they looked so dope uh, for a pair of Vans. Uh, so I, uh, I, I managed to actually get two of the colorways, the brown colorway, also known as the espresso and the matcha or the green pair. And... <laughs> 
Damn, I I think they're I think they're my favorite pickup so far this year. It's such a nice looking shoe, and the, the colorways of both of these colors, honestly, can't even say one is better than the other. They're just both really really nice, really Those nice. Are the ones with the uh, with the handshake logo, right? Exactly. Yeah, like the I really like, like the, that logo. The van stripe has been replaced with the Notra handshake logo. Um, and uh, yeah, they look they look hella dope. The review uh, of that those shoes should be dropping probably later today, so like yesterday if you're listening to the pod. Um, <laughs> so yeah, guys. So that was uh, that was my first pickup. Very happy with them. Also, just got the Emily Leon Door nine nine threes. The I don't know what's the official colorway called, but the 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 blue and the is it called the taupe colorway? Uh, I don't know what the official name is. I would call them like the plum colorway because it's a bit like a plummy colorway, right? I don't know. Yeah, so so it's not the beef and broccoli one. It's the other one. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know the official name. I think it's called the taupe something. Um, but anyways, whatever. you, I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. So basically this sneaker had like a European release, I guess, in the last week. A lot of stores had a had raffles for them i took l's on every raffle but i managed to cop them when they dropped on the kith website and i actually didn't cop it for myself i copped it for a friend of mine who is also a pretty big listener of the pod uh shout out to ahmed uh so yeah i i I copped i managed to get it in his size so uh yeah he's pretty hyped i got the shoes in hand today and i'll say it again like this is probably the the least impressed i am by an ald collab um i think it's it's not just this pair it's also the beef and broccoli pair i the colorways just didn't do it for me uh, i'm not a big fan of like that black base i think it looks i don't know it looks it, it doesn't look it does it's not it doesn't feel like a cohesive shoe the black yeah. base just for me throws it off um and yeah so and also this silhouette the 993s uh it's just kind of like i don't like it as much as the 992s or the 990s so yeah i just overall kind of a skip for me uh not the not the best uh ald collab i don't know what do you what did you think of those 993s i so i, I like the 993 but i agree with you i'm not a huge fan of black midsoles or kind of like a black base for a shoe that is not triple black and i'm not a big fan of triple black anyway so for me the colorway is mm, pretty much a miss and I, I, I get why people like them and I get why, you know, people went like a little bit wild over them when they first dropped uh, at ALD exclusively. Um, but yeah, for me, not really a must have. I think there's going to be better colorways or better collaborations down the line. Yeah. Looking forward to those uh, 650s whenever they drop. I, I should have, man, I should have pre-ordered them. I, I really regret not doing that. Uh, but yeah, so a big miss for me when it comes to ALDs is that 993 collab. And then finally, I picked up the New Balance uh, 2002R. Uh, I think this is called officially the Higher Learning Pack. So it's basically four pairs of New Balance 2002s that are all done in these really nice suede patterns, um, suede materials, I mean. Uh, and I managed to cop the green colorway. Of course, it's like you can call it the uh, hidden New York special. Um, it's it's yeah, it's got a beautiful green base, uh, and the midsole is done in this like off white color. And yeah, amazing, amazing quality on this pair, as as to be expected. And probably the best pack of 2002s to release since the protection pack. And these have been 
flying, absolutely flying. Every single store that has dropped them in Europe so far, they've been selling out in minutes. Uh, I actually managed to cop these from Australia, uh, and it took me it took almost three weeks for the shoes to cross the oceans, I suppose, and get to Berlin. Uh, but yeah, I'm very very happy with these. I actually also want to cop another colorway from this pack. Uh, the the like wine color or like that vintage yeah, like the, looking like the burgundy red kind of the bordeaux not the bordeaux the the other one that i like the it's like there's a burgundy red one and then there's like a like a faded red one uh i i don't know what it's officially called but that that colorway is pretty unique looking so i i i would like to get that but those those were my three big pickups notras alds and the higher learning pack 2002 r's that's very, very solid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can only echo your your sentiments or your thoughts on the higher learning pack. I think it's, you know, the 2002, obviously great shoe, New Balance, great brand. And the colorways on those, so, so nice. I really like that, like, dark burgundy red that I've seen pop up uh, recently on Instagram. Um, but honestly, like, all, I think all colorways are, are definitely a hit. Yep. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, we didn't even tell the people what we're going to be talking about today. It's so uh, we have we know that um, this coming weekend is NBA All Star Weekend, uh, which is obviously pretty significant for the sport. And historically, it has been pretty significant also for sneakers. There's there's the the big sneaker brands. I would say specifically maybe Jordan brand have really focused on dropping some uh, pretty hype sneakers during this weekend. Uh, so that's going to be the main topic of today's pod. Uh, Fabian is going to go through a little bit about uh, the history uh, dating back to like the early 90s, uh, how uh, how we have or what kind of sneakers we have seen released uh, and some major events that have happened along this period. And I'll go through some of the more recent uh, or some of the best sneaker releases during All-Star Weekend over the last five years or so. So yeah, let's uh yeah, Fabian want to kick us off. Yeah, so basically my uh trip down memory lane is going to focus on a specific moment uh of All-Star Weekend history and kind of a moment that was significant for basketball reasons but also for sneaker or footwear reasons. Um and I don't know how many of you were alive or even watching all-star weekends when this happened i certainly wasn't i was born two years after this but um my uh i guess my big topic today focuses on d brown's 1991 dunk contest win um for those of you who don't know d brown was a rookie from the boston celtics and he obviously in that year won the slam dunk contest becoming the second rookie ever to win the contest you know, back then it was, you know, some of the bigger players, the the high flyers, some of the veterans were competing in the dunk contest. And it was relatively rare for a rookie to win a dunk contest. Nowadays, you've got, you know, first year, second year players, high flyers, young athletic guys going head to head. Um, so it's pretty normal for rookies or sophomores to win. But back in the early 90s, it was kind of unheard of. And, and you know, that's why D Brown became the second ever. Actually, the only rookie to win it before D Brown was Spud Webb, who is also the shortest player ever to win the um, dunk contest, standing at, I believe, 
five foot seven or five foot six, which is, I mean, you know, I'm five, nine, five, 10 on a good day. I think Josh, what are you like? Six, two, six, three, I'm, uh, I'm six, three, six, three. Like, you know, like that's a very respectable height, six, three, uh, especially even for a basketball player. Right. That's like a nice, you know, like I would, I, I would still, I, I don't even think I'm big enough to be shooting guard, I, especially in today's NBA. I, I think I would True. probably be a point guard in the NBA. Maybe, maybe you were like an early kind of early nineties shooting guard, but anyway, six, three respectable. You'd be like, okay, a dude who's that high or who's that tall can dunk. Um, I don't know if you can dunk Josh, but, uh, I don't know. I used to be able to, I I haven't tried honestly, but, uh, I, I used to be able to dunk. Okay. Well, listen, if I, with my five, nine, five, nine and a half can dunk, like I would be like, whoa, damn, that's like, that's impressive. So Spud Webb at five, six, five, seven, winning a dunk contest is just uh, next level. But anyway, so um, D Brown's win in 1991 was uh, notable for two reasons. Number one, he won with one of the most iconic dunks of all time. And he had one of the most iconic pre-dunk rituals of, of, of all time. So this was in 1991 before kind of showmanship and, and, you know, jumping over Kias or putting on a Superman outfit was even a thing, right? Like you went out there, you dunked, you, you, you tried to show off by pulling off a sick dunk. You weren't like bringing out an orchestra and having them sing Donda season 15 or whatever, just to impress the judges. Um, but D Brown, he was wearing a pair of Reebok Omnizone twos and uh, he actually pumped up his shoes before his dunk. And for those of you who don't know, Reebok launched the pump series of performance footwear in the late 80s. Uh, it started in basketball with Dominique Wilkins wearing the shoes, um, but it was also used in other sports such as tennis and, and later running. Uh, and one of the f- most famous sneakers ever to feature the technology was actually the Instapump Fury which is designed by the legendary Stephen Smith, who now works for Yeezy. And, you know, the Instapump Fury has, uh, you know, a cult following of its own. In Um, Japan, dude, in Japan, the Instapump is like, I would say one of the most popular sneakers. Yeah, there's there's collectors who have like hundreds of pairs, right? Um, But back in 1991, Pump was a relatively new technology. And as we know from Air and Michael Jordan, uh, or, you know, boost, if you want to go uh, a little bit closer to our time period, most technologies or innovations need that kind of lifestyle or unbelievable athletic feat moment to go down in history, uh, for MJ and an air or Nike air. It was just how good Jordan was as a basketball player. Right. And the crazy things he did on the court, his domination, uh, for boost, it was Kanye West, mostly wearing it on stage that, uh, propelled it into kind of that next level stardom. And for Pump, it was D. Brown's 1991 slam dunk contest win. Basically, what happened was he uh, pumped up his sneakers before his first dunk and the crowd went wild. But really, he was just using the sneakers as they were supposed to be used. The crowd loved it, though. And so he continued to do it before each of his dunks. On his final dunk, and I believe at this point, he had already won the dunk contest. Uh, I, I believe he was dunking against Sean Kemp and uh wait sean kemp like that that like super tall dude from space jam yeah exactly and he was a good dunker too in his time uh and so i I mean he was like eight foot tall man he should be able to dunk (laughs) oh wait never mind no 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 Uh, that was 
I think that was Sean Bradley, Sean Kemp. Never mind. Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp is like different. six, 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 seven. I think something like that. Like one of those like high flying athletic kind of guys. And um, anyway, on his final dunk, Brown actually closed his eyes and then put his arm across his face to kind of show that he was doing a no look dunk. Um, and that moment paired with him pumping up his Reebok sneakers and then winning the dunk contest on that dunk basically made him go down in history. I mean, he's said as well that that moment was probably the best moment of his entire career. And this is a guy who played several seasons in the NBA, right? So pointing to that moment is, is a big deal. Um, and actually uh, speaking to, I think the undefeated uh, Brown was saying, so I have a quote here for you guys, a uh, quote, I always planned on pumping them up before my first dunk. Not only did the pump fit the shoes to my feet, but it was such a cool idea that I wanted to see how the crowd would react when I brought it to life. And so, right. Sick quote. (laughs) I have, I have have some more quotes coming up. Don't worry. But um, it it was such a legendary moment because it established the pump as a must have among the basketball crowd. Uh, The technology wasn't an instant hit though, because the sneaker uh, or the, the sneakers that featured Reebok pump, they debuted in 1989 Uh, The first one was worn by Dominique Wilkins in the NBA. Uh, And then the next year, Reebok released the Omnizone, the Twilight Zone, and the SXT pump. uh, And later on released Michael Chang's Court Victory pump for tennis. Um, But it wasn't until 1991 when D. Brown actually pumped up his shoes at the All-Star weekend that pump gained somewhat of a mainstream foothold in basketball. Uh, back in the day, I was a huge fan of Reebok Pump before I even know, knew what it was or knew that I was a sneakerhead. Um, I had a pair of tennis shoes. I, I loved Andy Roddick, and I think he was sponsored by Reebok at the time. And I used to play tennis maybe once, twice a week. And I used to pump up my shoes like nobody's business, you know, and I had no idea how they worked or if it was actually helping me. But I just loved that kind of gimmicky feel of like interacting with my shoes and I think that played a big part as well in, in Pump's uh, success, uh, not just at the um, slam dunk contest, but later on in the line. Um, it was, you know, it was all about an adjustable, cu- customizable fit, which way back in the late 80s, early 90s is kind of crazy to think about. You know, it provided support around the ankle when uh, other players were wearing like Converse Weapon, for example, right? Or, you know, the Air Jordan 1 or 2 back then, which... I mean, don't get me wrong, fantastic shoes, but not the height of innovation in any sense, right? And so the pump was really, it came at a time when footwear companies and brands were really pushing the envelope and really looking to make a difference and separate themselves from their competitors. Um, And I would say, I would argue honestly that that was one of the golden eras of sneaker technology and performance because nowadays all you do is you make it a little bit lighter and you have a robot who who stitches the shoe better or makes like this crazy knitted uh fabric and you know you put like as many zoom pods as you can into a running shoe and sure i'm not saying that's not innovation but back then it was like you were starting from nothing right you had the converse all-stars the air jordan ones and then you were going into like oh let's like pump up the shoes and no matter how gimmicky it was it like sometimes it, it, it even worked um and it definitely worked i mean dude that 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 pump thing was was huge man like uh people kind of made fun of it like okay like um uh, nobody knew if it worked or not but there was something about cool about it there was something cool about just 
popping up your shoes, you know, and, and, oh, or now I'm going to like, it, it would kind of give you some kind of confidence. Like, oh yeah. Like now I'm going to hoop better or, exactly. or now I'm going to like take over the day, you know, better. Um, exactly. Yeah. And, and that like was a you good were showing, commercial. You were, sh- yeah. You were showing your, um, your competitors, your, like your opponents basically like, listen, I'm, I'm ready. My, right. I'm bringing my A game now. Like you were just playing against my B game. I'm bringing my A game now. Um, yeah. And, and so like a moment, I, like, so that, that moment was really what put pump on the map. And it later on led to, you know, players like Shaquille O'Neal, who is perhaps Reebok's biggest NBA star to date alongside Allen Iverson. Right. I, I don't think there's any player that Reebok has signed before, after, since that comes close to what those two players have achieved on the court. And Shaquille O'Neal was given his own signature sneaker called the Shaq attack which you know, again, also a very famous iconic sneaker that featured pump technology in 1992, which was also the same year that the aforementioned instant pump fury was released. So basically what I'm trying to say is that D Brown's uh, moment of pumping up his shoes and then winning the dunk contest kind of launched pump onto the scene and made it like a cool viable product that then got attached to even bigger names than D Brown. Um, and I actually wrote an article about this uh, for High Snobiety a couple of years ago. And I spoke to, I was lucky enough to speak to someone from Reebok, actually Aaron Narloch, who is the head of their global archive. And basically what Aaron told me was when D Brown took the moment to pump up his shoes before he completed his no look dunk, he did a few things. First, he captured the moment. Millions of viewers all with their attention to their non 4K screens. Next, he demoed the tech. During this series of events, he's using the tech in the shoes. He's showing what it does and how to do it. It's the performance before the performance. And I love that part. Finally, he humanized himself in Reebok through the intensity of the moment, the performance, and the accolades after. So what Aaron was saying is that pumping up the shoes, winning the dunk contest, it was all part of this like not even bigger plan because D Brown later on admitted that it was kind of all improvised. But uh, this, this moment of, of multifaceted kind of happenings that all came to one and, and, and kind of blew up. Um, yeah. And, but Im- and- imagine like that could have, that could have, like that would kind of scare me if I was a Reebok exec. Like I, for a second, I would be like hype, like, oh, no way. Like he's showcasing the product. It's really cool. But then like, imagine he just like missed the dunk <laughs> right after. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true i think i think people probably would have uh yeah would have maybe just it would have just been forgotten like, i think it would have been oh dude the, the people would make fun of the pump after that like imagine like he would just miss his next three dunks like then the pump would be a like a running joke right like oh that's he true. pumped his shoes and that's why he fucked up the dunk contest i think especially in in today's day and age right with social media it would have been turned into a meme and i think the reebok pump would have never recovered and would have just we would never have the Insta Pump Fury if that happened. You know what I mean? Definitely, man. Um, but I, so just to finish off, kind of, um, I think if you're looking at the slam dunk contest, you've got like several moments, right? You've got Michael Jordan's free throw line dunk. You've got Dominique Wilkins with the windmill. You've got Vince Carter with his, you know, incredible athletic, jaw dropping, gravity defying. Vince Carter stuff. I don't even know how you like describe it, right? He was just greatest he, dunker of all time. No, he made dunking question. look easy, no right? Question. Like he he made three sixty between the legs look easy, like it's just absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, so those those moments kind of stick out, right? 
And I have to, like, in my opinion, you have to, you have to put D Brown's no look pump up the Reebok pump dunk uh, up there with them. You know, it's one of the greatest moments of slam dunk history. And it's one of the moments that maybe not many people know about, um, which is kind of why I wanted to highlight this today. Um, I think next year, you know, we can maybe go into uh, some of the more known, you know, like Michael Jordan's free throw line dunk or, you know, some crazy three point shootout contest win. Um, but I figured we'd, we'd kick off this series kind of with an unknown but super underrated um, historical thing. And so I'm just going to finish this off with one more quote from D. Brown himself, uh, walking us through kind of his state of mind when he did this dunk. So again, talking to the undefeated, he said, I was sitting, getting ready for my dunk. I was thinking about the different things going for my last dunk. I decided to close my eyes. No one had done it before. This was my last dunk of the contest. I think I'd won it already, but I didn't know that. I just had to do something signature just to make sure. I got the ball, stood up, and, it just, and I decided I was going to close my eyes while I'm running. Organically, I jumped, closed my eyes, and thought, I got to put my hand over my eyes. As I moved my left arm for the dunk, my right arm kept going towards my head to make sure my eyes were closed and I couldn't see. I never practiced. I didn't know I was going to do it. I was hoping I didn't hit the side of the backboard. The rest <laughs> is history. So I think that sums up just how like spontaneous it was and how sometimes the most spontaneous moments just get the, the most hype and, and end up being the moments that we remember the longest, you know, and have the most significance as well. That's actually crazy that he didn't even plan to do that. The, the no look dunk that like he just kind of thought of that on the spot and just went ahead and without even practicing it, just do it because that's right? crazy. It, it makes it even it, it makes it even more incredible and, and astonishing that he didn't miss right like you said like had he missed it would have been like oh whatever you know but he was just like ah fuck it like what am i gonna do i've got like five seconds to decide oh i'm, I'm gonna close my eyes and then he did it so uh yeah that was definitely one of my favorite historical slam dunk moments vince carter kind of like just killed the dunk contest because like after that it was just never the same like he just came there and just just he cemented it as like that's his contest for life no one's gonna top it and yeah. uh, no one has topped it man vince carter legend man legend um but yeah that's a, i mean that what an amazing uh you know advertisement for for the insta for the uh insta pump or the reebok pump uh and yeah definitely was one of the main reasons why that shoe was so popular in the 90s and the early 2000s um, but yeah, I, I'm going to go through some of the more recent uh, releases that we've seen on All-Star Weekend, especially Jordan Brand has been really using this weekend to uh, release some very uh, significant sneakers. Um, so starting off with 20, 2018, we saw the retro of the uh, Jordan 3 Black Cement which um, a lot of people for a lot of Jordan collectors, not only is this like the best three, it's the best Jordan period. Um, it's uh, it's arguably the best colorway of the Jordan three. And I remember this 2018 release. I remember it very clearly because it was still to this day, one of the only times I ever got like exclusive access to anything on the sneakers app. Uh, and I remember getting access to this or, it was like an early release or something. I, I just remember getting this shoe like a week before the release and wearing it and thinking like I was so cool for having a shoe super early. 
Um, didn't they didn't they sit in berlin as well in like a lot of stores they sat in berlin i remember they sat in berlin so i didn't i didn't feel cool at all like after they dropped <laughs> but for that one week before they dropped i remember thinking like oh man i can't believe i got a shoot early um so that that released all star weekend 2018 and it was it was uh, of course like a super super popular pair of shoes in the states at least uh not so popular in europe uh, in 2019 um yeah this a sneaker released in 2019 that to this day I regret letting go of. Uh, this was the year, I believe, the dunk contest. Oh, sorry. The All-Star Weekend was in Charlotte. And Jordan Brand released the Jordan 1 Turbo Green to mark the occasion because the colors of that shoe matched the team colors of the Charlotte Hornets at the time. Um, or actually still do. Um, and man, those... Oh, that shoe is so nice. And I, I still think it's a top five Jordan one release of the last five years. Like it's such a nice colorway and such a like different colorway uh, from, from most of the releases. Um, and I had that shoe. I got it also on the sneakers app and I ended up selling it. So definitely one of my big, big regrets. Um, so that was, that was, a that was the major release of, uh, of 2019, 2020, however, 2020 was probably the biggest, I would say, like maybe even the best year for sneaker releases ever uh, for when it comes to All-Star Weekend. Because so we first of all had the Varsity Red Jordan 1s. And uh, this was like the first 85 style Jordan 1 to release in a really long time, basically since 1985. And it was a pretty unique pair. It was kind of like a reverse bread colorway. Um, and there was only 23,000 pairs worldwide for this release. And yeah, I actually got this pair from, I won like the kicks raffle, I remember. Um, and, uh, yeah, this was, this was a super, super nice colorway. The quality on the leather too was like some super premium leather. Uh, but there was some other sneakers that weekend that really stole the show. Uh, I thought the varsity reds would be like the main sneaker of the weekend, but there was a lot more that dropped that weekend. So we had the um, Joe Fresh Goods 992s that came out that weekend. And it was a release that just went super, super under the radar. Uh, and at the time, New Balance really didn't have all that much hype. Uh, they just had recently signed Kawhi Leonard, maybe like a few months earlier. Um, and they were just starting to, you know, get a little bit of hype as a brand. They dropped these Joe Fresh Good 992s. You guys know which ones I'm talking about, like the crazy red and pink colors. And if you look at StockX right now, you can probably see how coveted that pair is. It's insane what, the, what they're going for right now. Uh, that was a super underrated release. And uh, yeah, one of the better 992s to release. I would uh, say also, at this point, uh, yeah. I think that is the best New Balance colorway of the since they've had that new hype. I would say... Since 2019, 2020, best New Balance colorway across any New Balance model, in my opinion. I think it's so, so good. I would put this up there with like my grails, but it's, I think it's going for over a thousand euros on StockX. Uh, so I'll, I'm never going to buy it, but it's just, I look at that and like, I think, you know, like, I mean, it's very like Valentine's Day as well, a little bit, but it's just like that the different shades of pink, the different shades of red. There's a bit of purple in there, the black and white midsole. Such a good shoe. 
I uh, yeah, I mean it's it's super iconic. I don't know if I'd be able to wear it to be honest. It's like it's a very loud shoe and like you said, it really gives me like major Valentine's Day vibes. But um but yeah, it it definitely will go down as like one of the most grail-worthy New Balances to release. Uh and there were a couple more that released in 2020 as well. Uh if you guys remember the Yeezy Quantums released for the first time that weekend and what was even more crazy about the shoe was the release itself kanye drove around the city of chicago and chicago was where the uh, all-star game was held kanye drove around the city of chicago in some atvs there was a bunch and he was just giving them away to people on the street um and people were chasing after these atvs and uh and yeah it, it caused like all kinds of i think fights too among people um and this was this was obviously like a major release the quantums at the time had like so much hype uh but the hype died on those really really quick uh nowadays like colorways don't even sell out um but my favorite release of that weekend and to be honest one of my favorite shoes ever period and a shoe i'm probably never going to sell uh from my personal collection that was the off-white jordan fives that Mm -hmm. dropped that same weekend um and it was very significant because uh i did say the all-star game was held in chicago which was the hometown uh of uh of the late virgil abloh um and so he knew he had to do something special and yeah he took a silhouette that just wasn't all that popular and just i think turned it into just an absolute work of art a beautiful colorway of course inspired by the metallic fives and uh yeah man rest is history one of the best if not the best jordan 5 i think to ever release so th- so 2020 was the year for uh for releases I, and i haven't even talked about the uh, new beginnings pack that also released in 2020 which was like a airship i believe and then like a uh just like a red and white jordan one it came in a pack i remember like the retail price was absurd like it was like five hundred dollars or yeah, something like five, just five or six hundred dollars for two pairs of shoes um, for two pairs of yeah. shoes exactly so and so that also released 2020 so yeah 2020 has to go down as like probably the craziest weekend for sneaker releases um last year uh what there wasn't i don't I, I was looking into it but i couldn't really see a whole lot that released last year um maybe i can just like quickly pull it up but this year uh there's some kind of significant releases uh happening uh we're going to be getting the uh the marina blue jordan one which will be releasing on the 16th which is tomorrow uh that's going to be releasing in the states and i personally like this shoe it's kind of like a the royal ones but like a reverse colorway i've seen it in hand and it's a pretty nice pair uh, but there's some other shoes dropping these Jordan threes. Uh, the, uh, they're called the Cardinal threes, very clean colorway, just simple red and white. Um, and it kind of looks almost like the colorway that Eminem wore in the Super Bowl. Uh, it, like it kind of looks like his Eminem exclusive colorway. It's like red, white, and some hits of black in there as well. Um, we're also going to be getting this this seems to be happening only in australia but we are probably going to be seeing the restock of the super popular 2002 protection pack that's going to be happening february the 18th on the new balance australia website and usually what we've seen with new balance is for some reason a lot of these sneakers seem to be releasing first in australia even the 
Higher Learning Pack, which just uh, released. Also first released in Australia, and now we're seeing the European and the American release. Um, so I'm willing to bet that the Protection Pack will also be restocking worldwide. We don't know when, but Australia, February the 18th. And uh, also some Yeezy news. We'll be seeing the Yeezy 500 Blush, uh, which was the OG colorway of this model. That will be that we'll be seeing a restock of that this upcoming weekend, and also this all over red pair, the Yeezy 350 V. I think it's no, it's not a V2. I guess it's like a V3. The 350 Compact. Um, it's going to be like an all over red Yeezy. The only other time we've seen that recently is on that Vermilion pair. But this time we're going to be getting it on a 350. So I'm pretty sure these are going to sell out. And they're also going to be very limited. From what I've seen, the pair will only be available for like one hour or something on the Yeezy Supply website. So if you want to cop, you're going to have to be quick. Um, yeah, so quite a lot of releases, but nothing... I wouldn't say anything like too crazy, like no big collabs dropping this weekend. So it's a pretty, pretty, I would say like mellow all-star weekend. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I think the, the, I don't know, the phase of like crazy all-star weekend colorways and uh, collaborations and stuff might be over. Um, or at least I think, due to Corona with, you know, all-star weekend and like a lot of that kind of stuff being more virtual than in the past, obviously people are back in stadiums now, which is nice. Um, but the whole feeling of like being in the city and, and everything being, you know, wild and there being huge, like tents and activations and brands doing live events. Um, I think that is going to take a while to come back. Um, which is probably why we're not seeing so many big releases, um, but yeah, I think, I think it, it's impressive how many great releases 2020 had when you think about it, if you think about it across like different brands, I know that, you know, uh, in the past, like, I think it was 2011, like the galaxy phone posits dropped and, you yes. know, there's been like, there's been like big releases in, uh, uh over time and, and on sp during specific years, there's been big, like one or two releases, but 2020 had like a solid four, five, or six where you could make an argument for like, oh, people were lining up for those or people had their eye on those for like months in advance, you know? Um, yeah, which, which, which is really cool to see. I'm kind of disappointed this year, though, with the, with the lack of like a themed release. Uh, usually, uh, well, not usually, but at least what we've seen in 2019 and in 2020. And by the way, that sneaker that i missed that dropped in 2021 so last year uh was the jordan one university uh sorry jordan one unc's that really really clean colorway of the ones uh that 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 was the only significant shoe to drop last year uh what we've seen so 2019 we saw the turbo greens because the game was in charlotte 2020 we saw a bunch of chicago themed shoes uh because the game was in chicago this year, the All-Star Game is being held in Cleveland. So I thought at the very least, we might see some big time, I don't know, LeBron, uh, some some super LeBron uh, sneakers to drop. I see that there will be one pair of LeBrons dropping this year, uh, like the Big Bang, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. uh, this like all over orange and yellow pair. But besides that, 
not too many not not too many you know iconic lebron sneakers dropping this weekend so pretty disappointing in that aspect so yeah i mean i i already went through all the major sneakers dropping this weekend seems like we're not going to be getting any big collab so it's a uh, kind of a kind of a miss of an all-star weekend so maybe maybe once covid like you said once covid is gone we'll start seeing those super hype type of releases outdoors we might start seeing that next year yeah i mean and you would have expected them to announce anything for this weekend by yesterday or today right like they're not gonna there's not gonna be a release that they announce i don't know in uh, on thursday for friday or saturday so uh it looks like it's gonna be relatively quiet on the all-star weekend themed releases um and yeah then there's a couple of other drops that uh, as as josh said kind of don't really relate to all-star weekend but are worth kind of keeping an eye out on um yeah i think that's uh that's pretty much it in terms of upcoming releases unless you have anything else upcoming drops uh we have oh there's there is one that i forgot to mention that we'll be releasing all-star weekend uh, i don't know if you've seen this and i don't know what the official name is but it's like this jordan one low uh varsity red and it looks like um it looks like a bread colorway uh the the bread lows but with a platform sole oh i've have, seen those they're terrible yeah, I think they're called like the LV18 or something. I'm not exactly sure. But yeah, they're basically a Jordan 1 low bread with this super high platform outsole. Um, yeah, I don't know what's the deal with these shoes, man. These look absolutely horrible. <laughs> I mean, again, that's that's just like them making sneakers for women, but like not really understanding what women want or at least what women female sneakerheads want, you know? I'm not saying that there's no women out there that would buy a pair of shoes like that, but I mean, isn't, you know, putting a platform on it, a bit of a, like an old trick now, you know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, let's take the forum and put a platform on it. Oh, let's take the air force one and put a platform on it. Let's put a platform on the air Jordan one. Like what, what, like, I don't know. It just seems a little lazy in my opinion. Obviously, you know, I'm a, not a woman, not, not a female sneakerhead. So maybe some of you listeners out there, have uh, other opinions and obviously let us know, uh, send me a DM or comment on our pictures on Instagram. But I just think that they could do a little bit more to, to make these sneakers appeal to women, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think you're completely right there. There, this really seems kind of out of touch with what female sneakerheads are into right now. Yeah. Pretty weird looking release. And definitely, I don't think the men are going to be going after this. So yeah, kind of a, definitely a big pass or oh, the other upcoming sneaker worth mentioning not all-star weekend but a week later is the 350 v2 in the dazzling blue colorway and this is a pair that like if it released a couple of years ago like during 350 v2 hype cycle i feel like this pair would be like people would be talking about this as like a grail colorway because it's it's a super clean pair just black with a blue stripe looks very much like the 350 v2 oreos and the um uh what was the other one the bread colorway mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's it's a, it's a super clean colorway and yeah i feel like it just arrived like five years too late you know uh, yeah i think a lot of these uh 350s in terms of hype right released uh, or arriving too late um i'm sure that there's still going to be people out there that like it and you know like you said if if you think it's a cool colorway and you're not sure about the hype, who cares, you know, wear it. But um, I think in terms of, yeah, just 
hype strategy. A lot of these colorways, twenty, you know what, 2016, 2017 Fabian would have been like, damn, like damn, I want those. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but now not so much. Yeah, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. Pretty much it for uh, this episode. Uh, yeah, we kind of got into All Star Weekend, and there was plenty of news to talk about as well. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It was great to be back. And also hope you guys enjoy All-Star Weekend. I want to give a quick shout out to Fred Van Vliet, uh, who will be the only player representing the Toronto Raptors this All-Star Weekend. And he very much deserved that uh, selection. So major shout out to Fred, uh, Fred Van Vliet. And uh, yeah, shout out to all of you guys for listening to the pod. And make sure you give it a rating on Spotify and Apple Music. It really does help me out, help us out. And just share it with your friends, anyone you know who would be into sneaker content, definitely to share it with them. And it, yeah, really, really, really appreciate it. A shout out to all for all the support, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm signing out. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm also signing out. It was a pleasure having you back, Josh. Uh, great episode, I think. And looking forward to the feedback. Let us know on Instagram, slide into the DMs. And yeah. Talk to all of you in two weeks. Peace. Peace.